Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, and welcome to episode 125 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And yes, he's back, everyone. Oh, uh, and also we should mention that we are at the U18 residency game. If you're noticing why uh, there's a whole bunch of screaming, of yeah. high pitched screaming, some voices too. I'm bad for never mentioning that when, when we kick these podcasts off. So hopefully you can hear us over the noise. That was just a Sacramento attack there. It's a bye week for the Whitecaps, again. Really, really, really weird schedule. I mean, to have 10 days between the Houston and the Colorado games, then another 10 days, MLS-wise, between the Colorado and the Seattle game, bizarre at this time of year. Yeah, it's basically two weekends off, essentially, in a row. Uh, fantastic for us, we got to do some stuff. But uh, obviously, for it, it, it weirds out the schedule. Also, you get less people coming to the games, too, because that Colorado game was in the middle of the week. Yeah, and it's like looking at the schedule for the rest of the season, there's a lot of Wednesday games between yeah. the Champions League, but also the two games against Dallas, the home and away series, are both midweek as well. Yeah. And now, by the looks of it, the Dallas game on October 14th in Dallas is going to be the day after Canada are playing a friendly against Ghana. So we're going to lose a few guys for that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see like who gets called up. Maybe they figure out. It depends on the injury situation. Tybert hasn't been being used in the starting lineup, so it might not be that difference. But let's. I thought for this episode of the podcast, we'll we'll have first of all we'll have a little quick look back at the the Colorado game. Not a lot to talk about, especially in the the first well, seventy minutes. Yeah, let's just talk about the last twenty minutes. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. You, you got the feeling during the game that. It was just going to take the Whitecaps to get one goal and then not so much the floodgates because they only got a second. But you did feel that if they got one goal, they were going to at least get another one. That's what happened. Two goals in the space of four minutes. I was at one point a bit worried that that goal wasn't going to come, though. It, it never looked dangerous for Colorado to score. Uh, Ousted, I think, maybe had one well, dangerous had chance against Kevin Doyle, Doyle yeah. yeah, before the goal was scored. So that was that one chance. But other than that, there was no like danger at all. And the Rivero goal came from really out of nowhere. It was a great pass from Teixeira into the box, and he, he flicked it on really nicely. So it was an excellent goal to get, and, and it was a really important goal, especially for Rivero, to get his first open play goal in MLS, at least, for in a while. Yeah, since May 9th. Yeah. Um, 16 games had come and gone in MLS between him scoring against Philly and then getting that goal against Colorado. Brilliant headers. Just shows you the aerial threat that, that he can be. 
And it's kind of surprising that he hasn't scored more header goals this year because he's clearly really good in the air. But the, the ball sent in from Teixeira, perfectly lobbed, perfectly weighted. Rivera did great to keep on side, beat the offside trap, put it away. And then once that went in, you could kind of see the Colorado heads going down. Yeah. Also, the defending from Colorado for a team that is right behind the Whitecaps in the amount of goals conceded this year, like right at the top of the table in that regard, their defending in the second half and in the last 20 minutes was woeful. Yeah. And that's what led to the second well, goal as well. I think it's a whole thing about depth because if you look at uh, the, both teams were missing, I, I think they're best, best defenders. Uh, Drew Moore for Colorado and obviously Kendall Waston for Vancouver. But I think the depth was a big factor for um, Vancouver because that's where... I think that that essentially made was the difference in the defending because Vancouver was pretty solid at the back while Colorado, like you said, was making mistakes. Um, I said the goal came out of nowhere. Uh, we should say mention that there was quite a bit of build-up into the goal. Um, uh, it, I think it was. I think Froze was involved. Uh, Manny had a touch here and yep. there. So there was. It was a good team goal. It just uh, was a fantastic uh, finishes by Tichera. I mean, pass by Tichera and the Rivera goal finish. And like. Robo said after the game, and he also kind of mentioned it going into it, it was kind of like a banana skin game. Because yeah. you're playing a team down the bottom, you're expected to win because you're at home, but you've had that 10 days break, so you don't know exactly how rusty that you're going to be. But I thought the Whitecaps handled the game well, especially with the, the key absences of that defensive core right in the middle of the park. You're missing Laba, you're missing Waston. And of course, they're going to be missing Laba again for this game now against Seattle. Yeah. I was a little bit worried during the game that Kofi was going to pick up a second yellow. I think he was on his last warning by the end of it, and then he would have been out as well. Yeah. And you would just have been had Tybert for for facing Seattle, which It'd wouldn't be good. Flores or something, or maybe put Morales back in there. But that would I well, don't know how. But yeah, we should talk about that. How, was, how do you think that that played out in there? I was going to ask you about that as well. I I didn't like it. A few folks seemed to think it was good, but I felt Colorado with him playing deeper, it allowed Colorado to mark him a lot more. Yeah. And no, I, well, I, I don't know if it marking him, but I think he. Felt like he needed to be on the ball too much, and I think he needed. I uh, felt like he needed to make every pinpoint pass and spray the ball around too much instead of making the simple passes, working up the field. Now, but she, he did do some great passes. Now I think the one one issue is is with him. I think it would have been a better option for him to play back if he's playing with Laba, because Laba it, it will sit in the box and, and give Morales more freedom. While Kofi, there's an opportunity for him to go up and attack as well. He might not sit back, so. Morales maybe might have been a little bit more hamstring and pinning forward, so he felt like he had to sit back a lot more. Yeah, I mean, very possibly. It, it was something that has been talked about for a while. It was good to see it. Now we know it has potential, but it's not quite there for, for clicking. I, I just... I don't feel Morales and Rosales on the park at the same time works as well as, say, having Mosquito up there with Rosales or somebody else. They, they just don't seem to to be on the same wavelength. I don't yeah, know what it is. It's very like, weird. It's two veterans. Yeah. Too. I mean, Rosales is on, on the same wavelength with every other player that he seems to play against, apart from Pedro. I, I don't know whether they're both just too creative, maybe, that it just doesn't gel that well. But I thought Rosales did well in the number 10. Shame for Nico. He had an injury going into the game. And it would have been nice to see what he did because he's been playing so well beside Teixeira and, and Rivero. And we can't not talk about Christian Teixeira. Yeah, Teixeira was the, the easily the man of the match. We know Whitecaps Player of the Month for August, and definitely one of the MLS Players of the Month for August as well. 
another goal for him. Uh, five now in the season, or is it six for the season, and a couple of assists as well. Uh, four just in the last few weeks as well, four goals. Yeah. He is on fire just now. And my worry with that is that he's on a season-long loan. We don't know whether it has a set agreed amount to the end of it because obviously Sebastian Fernandez didn't have a set agreed amount to the end of it, and that's where the negotiations broke down in the off season. But Which you, actually helped out because they, they, that's the way they got you sure instead yeah. of just forgetting Hugo Fernandez. You have to hope that maybe Carroll's going to try and pull the trigger early and, and get this deal done now because you want him here next year. He's been a key piece. So much has been made of his height, which is ridiculous. Because it's like it doesn't matter what what height you are. No, but he's got the mentality. Like his goal, his the goal he scored where Manny found him in the box. He was in the box. Like there's yeah. not very many guys that are five foot two or five foot three that, if he is even that, uh, that that actually go into the box and, and 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 go into the physical areas. He doesn't shy away from that. He goes into the box. He picked up the ball. It bounced around a little bit. He still got control and he fired it past him. Oh, yeah. Like, he thought he had lost it. Yeah. And, it, like, you saw his kind of his shoulders went down. He was kind of, like, walking out the box when the ball then just broke to him, yeah. which was another example of poor Colorado defending, but great anticipation by Teixeira to then pounce on it, make something off it, and buried it fantastically. Yeah. And we joked about it after the Montreal game when Rivero had that tap-in from the goal line. Or, as Carroll referred to after the game, that screamer that he got against Montreal. But we joked that, oh, it's maybe going to set him on a goal-scoring streak now. Well, two and two starts, maybe it has. And like we've said all season, you want him to find form at the right time. And finding form, coming into the season, running, that's exactly what you want. Yeah, he had some close calls before. So the win against Colorado was vital. Gave the Whitecaps three points, put us back at the top of the Supporters Shield race going into the weekend's matches. And despite and, no gaze. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a perfect weekend for the Whitecaps when you've got a bye week and you're still top of the Supporters Shield standings and the Western Conference by the end of it. Yeah. Great set of results on the whole. Dallas winning was kind of the, the only sort of fly in the ointment. It moves to Dallas into second place in the Supporters Shield standings. Point behind Vancouver with a game in hand. Not too concerned about that, though, because we still have two games to play against Dallas, home and away. New- the Seattle-San Jose game was huge. Yeah, not uh, not for not in a supporter shield standings way, but just in a who's not going to make the well, playoffs kind of no, way. No, no, in a way, too, because it, it basically gets them closer to clinching the playoff spot because the, both those yeah. teams are basically on the... They're the ones on the outs right now, and they've dropped points again. I mean, week. officially, the White Caps just need nine points to, to clinch that playoff berth. Yeah, that's the magic number. Yeah, but I mean, that's the official number. Really, they are in it. There's no way that they're not going to be in the playoffs now. But it's the, just the, whether also, they finish top four or top two. Well, no, also, that helps because those teams could have finished in the top four as well. So, the, uh, potentially, because there are yeah, the for, five. For playoff there. positioning, that, yeah, that, that draw in San Jose, 1 1. Very big. And there is a good chance that... I think my, my dream of both Seattle and Portland not still, making the playoffs is still on, but it's it's not huge. Yeah. But it's hard to see both of them, I think, finishing in the, in the playoff spots with the way that the season's going to go. Salt Lake got a crucial win yesterday against Houston, which really hit Houston's hopes, but kind of brings them back into it. At the other end of the table, New York Red Bulls are, for me, still the favourites for the Shield. 45 points, three points behind the, the Whitecaps just now. From 26 games, so two games less. They win their games in hand, 51 points and a three-point lead. But they've got some tricky games coming up. So it's not at the stage yet where it's all in the Whitecaps' hands. But 
two weeks' time, if the Whitecaps can get the, the wins in the next couple of games, depending on how the other results play out, we could be going into the last four or five weeks of the season where the fate of the Supporters' Shield and the Western Conference Championship is in the Whitecaps' hands. And that, I think, exceeds all expectations going into the season. Oh, for sure. Uh, the pickups of like Rivero, I think, exceeded, especially at the beginning of the season, that's where they picked up a lot of points. Their home, The road form yeah, the, is a big The big road thing. form's been the key, along and, with no summer slump. Yeah, and then Chichera now in the summertime, he's been the one that's been carrying the uh, load. And Manny's a development too, so those those three things. And then you got the defense playing very solid, the guy like Parker. You, nobody expected those things to happen, so... Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic uh, summer for them and hopefully they can keep it going for the season. And I also think the way the Whitecats have played, it's good for these, I don't want to say smaller teams because we're not a small club, we are a big club, but for the... Mid-range. Mid, mid-range, not super wealthy. Yeah. The Whitecaps have taken this season by storm without spending the money on a big star name player, no. without, like... Toronto, 20 million or something on, on like three designated players, ridiculous. And they're still not guaranteed that they're going to get a home playoff game out of it. Yeah. They should get the playoffs. That's like, I've kind of resigned myself to that fact now. Yeah. But I think you, we could have all three Canadian teams if you think of it. Yeah, I mean. But what, your point to LA too. LA's like spent a ton of money. Yeah. And Although I don't know how they've worked the numbers this year. That was the other big result this weekend. Montreal drawing with LA. Both teams had goals disallowed. And Montreal really took the game to LA, which surprised me because a lot of teams go to LA and sit back. Yeah. Drogba was pretty much like unnoticeable in the first half, but then kind of really came onto his game in the second half. So, yeah, all three Canadian teams could be in the postseason. And I just do feel that the way the Whitecaps have gone about building their squad, it is a, a good message to the rest of the league that you don't have to go out and spend all that money to, to be successful. And spending money does not guarantee success as we can see with New York City FC. Oh, for sure. Uh, well, uh, you you had you were trumpeting them for the, since the beginning of the season. I I, th- I, I thought I, they would do well. I thought Villa would be like the MVP of the season. Well, he still could be. He scored quite a few goals, but if they don't make the playoffs, he probably won't be. But uh, they, I I just I think the expansion team whole the whole expansion team you can't get a team together in that first year. All those uh, you have to build that up slowly, and it doesn't. It's just not overnight success. Only a few teams have done that. Also, New York City's made that mistake of go, like stacking their team in attackers and like offensive midfielders, back. leaving the back woefully short, yeah. and that's that's what's cost them this year. And Cal Robinson's done the opposite. He's built his team on a solid defensive footing. And then plugged in an attacking players. Yeah, I mean, like 11, 12 clean sheets now yeah. over the year. Eisted's fantastic. The whole back four, like Kaz come in and done great beside Waston. Park has done well beside Waston. And he's built he's built this team on a defensive footing. Yeah, it's maybe 1-0 and 2-0 wins and it's not got the excitement factor that a 4-3 victory has. But I'd rather take that at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. So, of course, getting to first place in the Supporters' Shield is one thing. Staying there now for the remaining six games is another We've talked about the bizarre schedule with the big gaps that, that we've had in between. But Whitecaps next back in action on Wednesday. Champions League, CD Olympia, the Hondurans are coming to town. And the way that that is sitting just now, this is another competition that the Whitecaps could take by the scruff of the neck on Wednesday. They need to get a win. 
And if they can get a win by a couple of goals, it's going to put them in pole position to, to qualify for the quarterfinals. How strong a team do you think they'll bring to, the, to, to, to Vancouver? Do they think they'll bring their first team? It's hard to say. I mean, they have got a great chance of winning the group, which is what they're going to want. But they'll be happy to come and just frustrate the White Caps, kind of play like Colorado did last week, and like try and go for the draw. They'll be happy with a nil-nil draw if they can get away with that. Maybe hit on the counter, basically kind of play the the kind of game that the White Caps play on the road in MLS is what they're going to come and do, but kick us off the park at the same time. Probably. And if you look at the way that the group standings are at the moment, Olympia played two three points Seattle played three four points Vancouver played one one point so if the Whitecats can win there'll be four points from two games it would mean if they then go to Seattle and win in Seattle they've they then should, won the group yeah they don't need to so do anything so they, they can send the scrubs over to Olympia yeah. uh, which is great because it's right in a prime time of the season yeah. but even if they go to Seattle and get a draw, if they can get enough goals against Olympia for the goal difference, that might not, then it, that might not make a difference. Yeah, it, it should still hopefully set them in good stead as well. I'm confident it's what kind of team that Kyle Robinson's going to put out there because, of course, four days later, Seattle come to town. Yeah, I, the, the, what I think is, I think they put, I think Maddox starts up top. I think, I think that, yeah, I mean, coming back from two goals away with Jamaica again, yeah. Yeah. going for Jamaica once more, two goals in that very squeaky bum uh, win over Nicaragua that finally got them through to the, the next round of the CONCACAF. Maybe he does better against these, because uh, the, 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 he obviously has been scoring against Latin American countries, but maybe he does well against the Latin American team. So maybe he, I think he starts up top. Um, well, I, I think we'll see Mes- if, I think Mesquita hamstring that's what's going to happen yeah I mean he's I mean, he was touching goal for the game against Colorado we've got another week now I would be amazed if he doesn't start in the number 10 role so I can definitely see him starting and um, Bustos and Froze alongside him well Froze seemed to get a lot of plaudits from the Colorado game I didn't actually think he was that good but I mean everyone was raving about him I need I to watch he, that I, game I, uh, think. I, I think I think he had moments and I think the people are looking at the way he built up the play especially for the first goal uh, but uh, I think Froze and, and Bustos you think on the wings or everybody's been touting well, Bustos B- Bustos has definitely put himself in, in the frame seven goals now in USL play he's definitely put himself in the frame he's going to see minutes whether he gets to start depends on on whether Cal thinks he can get the win by going for a, a lighter lineup. At the back, I think we'll see Dean and Parker in the centre. Ada could be on the left, the Smith Jordan on the Smith, right. right. So it's going to be a young defence. Uh, I'm thinking maybe do, do they play Waston for 45 minutes uh, and then bring in Dean in the second half only because Waston has been off. Well, well, yeah, he did have that rest. I mean, we should see Laba because I think Laba's he, definitely gonna he's be not going to play against Seattle, so he's definitely going to play. Do you think Tybert or Flores? Flores is probably going to be playing uh, alongside him because you know he's playing against Olympia, probably most mostly Honduran players. He'll be used to that kind of game. Well, he's going to be used to the very physical side effect, which again, Kendall would be as well coming from Costa Rica. So I, I think the Whitecaps need to have a physical team out there because they are going to get pushed around, they are going to get kicked. And we've seen like Bustos has picked up a lot of yellow cards, he's feisty. We know that Froze is feisty. So you want to have players in that lineup that are ready for a battle. Yeah. What you don't want to do though is tire players out or have players pick up injuries going into the Seattle game because that's huge for supporter shield standings for winning the Cascadia Cup for an unprecedented third straight time 
it's another tough balancing act for Kyle Robbins. I don't think we'll see the likes of Morales and Rosales starting, no, but I think I, we could see them off the bench. Yeah, I, but I, I do think, I, like I said, I do think because it was a, they've had a week off, right? So, but I think, I think personally, I think Watson's going to start. I think you got Watson with Parker, and then if the game's in hand, I think he comes off in like the 60th minute or so, or maybe at the halftime. Definitely going to be one to watch. I'm I'm confident they're going to get it done. I I just think they're going to click, and I, I see a three 0 victory. Yeah. And then how about uh, Seattle? Obviously, a chance to. Win. We were talking about Supporter Shield. You get the Cascadia Cup yeah. for grabs on on Saturday. Yeah, like I was just saying, unprecedented three in a row. That would be. It's going to be tough. I mean, Seattle against San Jose on Saturday, they they didn't look much at all. But over Femi Martins is the is the guy to watch. Yeah, He's the guy you want to kick in early and like. Like get, get him to frustrated. It'll get him frustrated. As well, well, you want to frustrate him. I want him to hobble off. Uh, and then, uh, but the, but they will be up for it because there will be a lot of Seattle fans up here, uh, as usual. They already sold out that game, uh, so I, I think I, that's gonna be a tricky one. I think that's pretty. Uh, well, I have confidence against Olympia. I think this one's gonna be 50-50 and we'll see if they can pull it off. I wouldn't be surprised to see a draw. What you don't want to do is let Seattle get on the board early like they did the last time. And you got to watch out for Chad Barrett, right? Yeah. <laughs> Martins is definitely going to be the key. Yeah. And like Dem- Dempsey's just not himself since he came back. I'm not even that worried about him, but he does link up well with Martins. But if they can get three points for Olympia, three points from Seattle, huge six points in, in four days, and you're looking that they've set themselves up fantastically for the season ahead. And this could really be such a special season for the Whitecaps, and we just... We need to kind of take a step back and enjoy what we've got because seasons like this don't come along all that often. Hopefully I, they keep coming because with Robbo, the way well, he's building the team. Well, that was something I was going to ask you. So looking at all the, the success that the Whitecaps have had this season and the, the success that, that could be to come, let's just leave with pondering over this little scenario. Do you think Kyle Robinson will still be Whitecaps coach next season? Um, I think there is a good chance he might be uh, right now at this point. If nothing, if nothing else has succeeded, like no, no supporter shield, no uh, MLS Cup, uh, there is a chance he probably. I think better chance he'll be here. But if if he keeps going on and keeps getting more trophies and everything like that, and somebody's going to notice him, I think people have already noticed him. Uh, but I think they're. I think people will notice him more, and I think then he'll probably go to a championship team that's maybe mid-table um, in the championship right now. They're struggling, and they'll probably look for uh, somebody's looking for a coaching change in January. I think if the Whitecaps go deep in the playoffs, I mean, not necessarily even winning the MLS Cup or win the Supporters Shield, but I think he's done enough to to get the notice of folk back home. And there was an article this week in the Guardian on him. So I mean, the newspapers and the media there are taking an interest in him as well. And he's the kind of young manager that would be a dream for a number of championship teams. Like you say, a mid-table team, maybe a bottom of the the table team that is struggling. They need a managerial change. Someone that can add a new bit of spark. I think if one of his old clubs, someone like Wolves, came in for him, or even oh, Cardiff yeah, City, yeah. he'd be off in a flash. But. I, I just sense he is going to get an offer and it's whether he feels that it's an offer that's too good to, to turn down. The other thing with that though is like here, he's had his success with building from youth and that is maybe not 
going to be something that happens in the championship. You're going to be somebody that has to spend to, to get success and compete with some of that. A League One or League Two side would be better for a, a manager that likes to build with youth players, but I think that's a step, too big a step down from MLS for him to do that. So it is a little bit of a quandary for him because he could go back to the UK and go to a club and fail, and that's going to do more damage for his managerial career than anything else. Yeah, you got to be careful about what what's what you pick out. Like, do you have the support of the of the board or whoever run, whoever's running the team there? Uh, and it's a, it's a whole different atmosphere with the fans as well because the fans want instant success. Yeah. It's not patient and it's a lot more abusive than he's going to have had over here. Oh, for sure. And then, like, like I was thinking about the board. People are talking about the, you know, the committee or whatever here. Uh, they're, they're, their committees in England, if there is a committee that runs that team, are more vicious than this one. And they'll, they'll look at everything, the bottom line, basically, they want success. Well, you've got the board of directors at every club, which yeah. is basically like the committee here. And for, for all the faults that we can find with the committee, Carl does have pretty much free reign with, yeah. with what he wants to do. It's not like that over there with some of them. The, the other thing as well to, to think about is he didn't really want to get into coaching when he did. It was a seven-year plan he had of being an assistant and then becoming a head coach. And then two years into that plan, he became a head coach. Yeah. So he might feel that it's just too big a, a jump, but I, it's definitely going to be something that he's going to have to think about. Now, but, we're you, but you have to strike while the iron's hot too, because yeah. you, you can't, you can't, you, when you're having this much success in Vancouver, if somebody comes from your, uh, like you said, Cardiff or Wolverhampton, you're going to have to take it. Well, that's the other thing as well, because this could be his, his dream season. And then next season, he doesn't take a, a position elsewhere, struggles with the white caps, and then his value has kind of dipped a little bit. I, I, just, I just have this sense that someone is going to come in for him. But Carroll is planning ahead already for the Whitecaps for next year. He has players lined up that he's got coming in in January. I believe he's going to have a look at Victor Blasco from the USL side and in pre-season camp and maybe a few others as well. And I'm sure he's got people lined up coming in from, because uh, like players like Diego Rodriguez, is the, those loans are going to be up, so they're not going to spend like uh, DP money on these guys to keep them here. So uh, I think those guys are probably going to be up for uh, going back and then they'll find some other players that come in at that point to replace those. But that's a discussion for another day and we'll maybe have another one of our round table soon to do that. So as we said, we've recorded this podcast at the residency home opener. A tough draw for the Whitecats under-18s against Sacramento Republic. But a lot of talent on display, so it's going to be good to watch the residency guys this year. And of course, you can follow all our residency coverage on AFTN.ca. And talking about where you can find stuff, Steve, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me at Whitecapsbeat on Twitter and I'm writing for AFTN.ca. I'm Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers on AFTN.ca. Best Whitecaps coverage around. Everything from the first team down to the residency you'll find on AFTN.ca. Also, the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. So read all my Whitecaps coverage on that. And watch out for a, a special piece that I'm doing on MLS this week, just about the youth development of the Whitecaps. It's a massive, I think, 1,700-word article with which we've got coming up, and it's part of. It's going to tie in with the MLS Soccer's 24 Under 24 series. But that's it for this episode of There's Still Time. We'll be back soon. So until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And more on the supporter shield leading caps. Oh.
Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Yeah, but